glorify his name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Today, I've been looking at this scripture all week. My wife could tell you, I've been looking at this scripture all week. Um, it struck me, and it's been streak, streak, striking me for a few weeks now that um, <laughs> the apostolic church has a certain type of culture that's associated with it. I'm using the word culture because it's a familiar one, but the truth is, it's just truth. And, um, but that truth doesn't come automatically. It has to be taught, retaught, reapplied, thought about, meditated on, prayed about, in order for it to stick. Yes, 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 yes. That's true. That's very true. It doesn't just come and you just have it. You have to get it till it sticks. There's, there's, there's something in us already that just won't let it go. <laughs> That's because we, re, as the scripture says to her, just write it on the, bind it on your fingers. That means whatever I'm doing, <laughs> I don't go anywhere without these. I don't do anything without these. And it says, write it on the fleshy table of your heart. Don't do anything without intent in here. So if it's in my intent, it's in everything I do. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You've got to be have it everywhere around you. You've got to have it everywhere. You can't, I don't know if you've ever hurt your finger or cut your finger. You are reminded of it every single thing you do. You open the door, man, my finger's still hurting. You go to wash the dishes, dang it, there it is again. I want to go fix something. Never mind, I'll do it another time because my finger's messed up. Oh, I'm going to do my hair tonight. No, I will not. My hair's hurting. Bind it on your fingers. Whatever you're doing, you want to have that with you all the time. You say, well, I don't do everything with my fingers. That's why you have it on your heart, too. He ain't going to get past this. I'm not going to just point it on my fingers. It's in my heart, too. So even though I'm thinking about something abstractly, my heart just puts what is in my heart first. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Find it on your fingers, write it on the fleshy tables of your heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. What did I want to talk to you about today? I told you I've got a favorite scripture, and this one is genuinely it. And I mean it this time. St. John chapter 3, turn with me please. St. John chapter 3. If I had a title for this, it would just be We Know. <laughs> it's not the we know you would think of, but it's the we know it's important. <laughs> anyway, St. John chapter 3. I'm going to read St. John chapter 3, 1 through 16, then I'm going to dive into the message here today. St. John chapter 3, verses 1 through 16. It's something you should be well aware of and familiar with, but hopefully there's something we can rebind on our fingers. It's something that we can re-put in the fleshy tables of our hearts. Amen. St. John chapter 3 verses 1 through 16 reads thus. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know, <laughs> we know 
that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Cannot enter. Can't see it. Can't enter it. Let me keep going. That which is born of flesh is flesh. It's just no way around that. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh and whether it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Verse 9, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man, thank you, Lord Jesus, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Verse 15, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 16, I'm going to end right here. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of this word. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm so in love with the word of God. I, um, as I was reading it this week, it struck me that um, I, how much of a, <laughs> I'm going to describe it like this, how much of a love entanglement and love affair I have with the love of God, with, with the Word of God. Because in it is life. Yes. And it is more abundant the more you read it. it, it the, the relationship you have with the Word becomes stronger as you read and study the Word. I'm encouraging you. Go back over those scriptures you assume you know. Go back over them. There's, there's more in there. There's nuance you've missed. There's details you've missed. Go back over it. You're saying to yourself, man, I've been in Sunday school since. Trust me. Trust me. There's more to it than you think. And I'm asking you to fall in love with the Word of God. Have a relationship with the Word of God. We have gone to one of the most fundamental scriptures here. St. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world. It is an answer to a question 
that Nicodemus didn't even realize he was asking. The fact is that Nicodemus had come to Jesus and had every opportunity to come to him at a convenient hour, but chose to come to him at night. It's an amazing to me how this man, this educated man, this Pharisee, he's part of the religious leadership, he's a part of what is called the Sanhedrin, which is actually the leadership of the Jewish folks and their belief system, their strict adherence to the law. And he's one of the leaders here. So he's not new to this, he knows the word. But apparently he's coming to this man who he is described as a master and a rabbi. And he said, Lord, he says to Jesus, I know you're a teacher. Come from God, because there's no other explanation for what I've seen from you or what I've heard from you is that you are from God. He, in this moment, Nicodemus is recognizing the Emmanuel, the God with us. He is seeing in Jesus from having heard his word and having listened to what he's saying. He, stu- he knows all scriptures, but when he hears Jesus speak it, there's something different going on here. Oh, I know the word, but there's something more going on here. And the funny thing is when he comes to Jesus, he doesn't ask Jesus about salvation, which is what you would assume he would want. He basically just makes a statement. He says, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that that thou doest except God be with him. Not a question in sight. If I'm coming to a master teacher, somebody who can explain something to me, the last thing I should do is explain something to him. The word rabbi means a teacher. But Nicodemus hasn't quite become the student necessary to understand what this teacher has to say. And so he approaches it as if he's a master and says, states what he thinks is the truth of this matter. You're sent from God. Very true. (laughs) No one can do these miracles unless God be with you. Very true. But if you would really come here in the right spirit, you would have been asking, not telling anything. (laughs) Yeah, you're a master. It's obvious he's a master. No one's got crowds like this listening to him in this area. Yes, he's a miracle worker because there were people who were sick and are now well. There were people who were dead and now raised up. You're stating the obvious. And sometimes I think we want the obvious relationship with Christ. And Christ is asking you to get to a closer relationship with him. You know, there's lots of people who know my age. There's even a few who might know my social security number. They know my address, but they have no idea who I am. That's what this Nicodemus is to Jesus right now. Oh, he can run some stats off the top, just like this. (laughs) Told you before, Michael Jordan is my favorite player of all time. I don't care if somebody averages 100 points a game, 300 rebounds and 77 assists. I will always be a Michael Jordan fan. I know a ton about him. I know his stats. I know how long he played for. I know what his best season was. I know how many championships he ran. I even know how many kids he's got. Silly. But do I know him? Not really. 
Not at all. This rabbi has come to Jesus and told him what he knows. What you should have been doing is, Lord, tell me what I don't know. Lord Jesus, I, I'm coming to you, teacher, and I need your help. Man, you're going to have an attitude adjustment when it comes to Jesus. You were a rabbi for your folks. You're the student now. So what does Jesus do with this statement, this declaration? Does he say, yeah, thank you so much for the adoration. Thank you so much for the respect. No. Jesus wants to get to the heart of it. What is Jesus' response to this? This nice thing he says. Let's just be clear. It's a nice thing he's saying about you. You're obviously from God. That's a good thing. It's actually true. You're a miracle worker. Yes, thank you very much. What does Jesus say? Thank you? Nope. He gets to the heart of the matter. You know, sometimes we have people coming in here who have a distant relation. They know about Jesus, but they don't know about Jesus. They've got that distant relationship where they can tell you the stats. They can tell you how many people were fed that were hungry. They can tell you that. They can tell you about the miracles because they read about it. They were at Sunday school too. But they didn't ask the right question about what it was to be in relationship with Christ. We've got to get the right questions being asked. The culture in this church needs to encourage people to ask the right questions. So what does Jesus say in verse 3? What does Jesus immediately? Jesus answered and said unto him, even though there's no question. Jesus gives an answer even though there was no question. Some people are coming into the presence of the Lord not asking for enough. You're in the presence of the Savior and you're not asking him to save you. So Jesus now has to establish the fact that you are in deficit to make you understand that you need to ask for something. You know, it's difficult. If somebody doesn't believe they need something to get them to buy anything. <laughs> like my tore up jeans are fine, thank you very much. I don't need no new jeans. Uh, bruh, they're a bit frayed on the knees. We can help you out here. Oh, you know what, you're right. I've just had these for so long and never looked at them again. Right? Now I realize I need to, that's what Jesus is doing with, with Nicodemus. Like bruh. I know you want to give me some credit right here, but you'd have to understand you're in danger. And again, again, you realign for a second here. You're asking me all, you're telling me these nice things about me, and they will, I'm going to be honest, some people will worship the Lord and not realize that they're in the presence of a savior. They will give him praise and honor and glory and not realize that they should have asked him to save you. Oh my goodness, you're giving him good glory. You're giving him praise, but you should have asked him. You're in the presence of the Savior. Turn that adoration into something that's going to help you. Oh. Jesus answered and said, sorry, excuse me. Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, truly, truly. He says this twice. This is the answer to a question you didn't ask. Truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man, what do you mean except, we haven't even got to know, what are you giving me this answer for? 
never asked you anything. And he says, except a man be born again, he cannot enter, he cannot see. We haven't even got to enter yet. We can't even see the kingdom of God. Goodness, are you talking about if you want to get somewhere, you have to know it's there first. That's the first thing that Jesus is saying right here. Oh, you, you, you come to me as a teacher, then let me know, I'll let you know what you don't know right off the top, off the top. <laughs> Sometimes we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> like I don't even know what's missing. That's why we have to preach this over and over again. So people know what they are missing. So Jesus comes out and says, I want to, let me just change the topic right off the top. Let me give you something that you don't even know you're missing. You know the law, you know me, you're willing to give me praise, but I'm going to tell you right now, you won't even see the kingdom unless you're born again. You've got to be born again, and this is confusing to Nicodemus, because he doesn't know what it means. In fact, as a statement, it doesn't make a whole bunch of sense on the surface, but if you go a bit deeper, it makes a whole bunch of sense. And we're going to talk about how this born again is critical. You're not even going to be able to envision a kingdom, let alone enter a kingdom, if you're not born again. Oh, you think you're going to a kingdom, you're not even seeing it yet because you're not born again. It's Jesus' words. <laughs> Let me know if I'm speaking somebody else's words. This is Jesus' words. He says, Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man, <laughs> it's a great question, considering the answer to the question he never asked. And it's how, what is his question? How? How is that? reality how in fact this is the only thing that Nicodemus says for the rest of the chapter how how is that possible how can these things be that's the only two responses we get from Nicodemus after this how <laughs> how the funny thing is about the question of how is now he's in the right mindset now he's in teacher he's, now he's in student mode He's not, in, he's not in rabbi Pharisee mode anymore. The question from Jesus was designed to switch him from being master to student. That's where we wanted Nicodemus in the first place. The apostolic atmosphere I'm trying to create for people here is get them to the how. Can't help you if you don't get to the how part. The atmosphere we have to create in the church is how. You, you, you're sitting here worshiping the Lord, but you've got to get to the how. How do I get closer to Christ? How do I see the kingdom? How do I make it to the other side? How do I get through life? How? Now I'm with the how, I'm open to, to teaching. I'm open to receive. You've got to get in the house spirit when the word is being taught. You've got to get in the house spirit when the word is being preached so that you can get closer to the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Yes. So Nicodemus now is in the right spirit. He's saying, Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born? And you're thinking to yourself, well, this is a silly question. You're in the presence of the king of kings and the lord of lords. 
you're in the presence of the one who is from God. You are in the presence of God in the flesh. <laughs> what does St. John chapter 1 verse 1 uh, read? read? Read some of St. John chapter 1 for me. In the beginning? Yeah. Was the Word. Yes. And the Word was with God. Yep. And the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. I'm going to need some more. And the Word was God. Verse 2. The same was in the beginning with God. Right. So in this beginning, this is from a Greek word called logos. The word word is from this Greek word logos, meaning thought or concept. This thought or concept was in the beginning with God, and it was God. Keep reading. Verse 3, and things, and all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So the word was God, God was the word, and it was in the beginning, and nothing comes into existence without this thought. Yes, sir. <laughs> this is the, <laughs> this is the, this is what we know to be the eternal God, yes. existing as a thought in wholeness and completeness in the beginning, bringing everything into existence. Yes, this is what St. John refers to as the word, the thought, the logos. Yes. What does he keep saying? Verse 4, and him was life. Yes. And the light was the light of men. Okay, wait a minute. The light of men, we've got to there already? But he gets to explain. Keep going. And the light, verse 5, shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Keep going. Verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. Okay, so now we're starting to realize that God, that John the Baptist was sent to bear witness of this light. Keep going. Verse 8, he was not that light. John the Baptist wasn't the light. But was sent to bear witness of that light. Okay, let's keep going. Verse 9, that was the true light which lighted every man that cometh into the world. Yes. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him. So he came this light. <laughs> yes, we were walking up to, the, to this word yes, and not realizing what, what it was. Right. Nicodemus walked straight up to the one. The light he, did. Yes, sir. he walked straight up to the light yes, and didn't see it. Can you imagine how blind you have to be yes, sir. Yes, sir. to walk up to the literal light of the world and not see who he is? You just have no clue. You're looking literally at the light of the world, the one who was in the beginning, and you miss it. Keep going. He came into his own, verse 11, yep. and his own received him not. This is Nicodemus is coming to the one who was literally his kinsman. Yes. And he doesn't recognize him, please. Verse 12, but as many as received him. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I received him. I received him, yes sir, yes sir. Yes, sir. I received him. Yes, what did he do? But as many as received him, to him, to them, gave he power to become Oof. sons of God. I'm gonna come back to this, because this is too much good stuff here, but I gotta get to my word, keep going. Even to them that believe on his name. Yes, sir. Verse 13, which were born out of the blood, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Okay, verse 14 is where I was trying to get to. Let's keep going. Yes, and the word uh, made flesh. You mean that? So let's just connect that back to the beginning now. Verse 1, what does it say? In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was this thought or concept. Verse 14 says, And the word. And this thought or concept. Yes, sir. Come on. This thought, this concept that was God, 
became flesh. What is Nicodemus? Who is Nicodemus talking to? The word in the beginning. The authority that was right from the beginning. Nicodemus is talking to this guy and doesn't get it. He's trying to make statements. He's trying to be the teacher yes, sir. of the original thought and yes. concept. Come on, sir. Oh, my. Come on, sir. But that's what we do. Yes. We come in with our own concept of who God is. And God is saying, well, I've been here from, I created all. What do you mean you're telling me who I am? I'm not just from God. I was in the beginning with God. <laughs> Let's go back to... We have to come back there, but we're going to to move real quick. I'm trying to get to this. So Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb? He is asking an impossible question to a God who (laughs) can do exactly that kind of thing. In fact, my God specializes in exactly this type of impossible situation. How can a man be born again? Uh, It's only supposed to happen once. It's it's only ever supposed to happen once. You have a birthday, not two birthdays. You have one. So how can he be born again? You are asking the one who was brought universes and galaxies and stars and black holes and planets into being. You're asking him, what can you do to make this possible? I love love the word. I love the word. Verse 5, Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man be born of water, and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. The answer to the question, how am I, can I be born again, is unless you are born again, and unless you are born of water and of spirit, you can't enter. You're trying to figure it out, and I'm gonna hear to break this down for you nice and slow. You need to be born of water, and of spirit let me just get now jesus is actually going to break it down nice and simple because he he realizes what he's dealing with because sometimes we know so much we can't hear anything we know so much we can't hear so he also goes on to say that i want to make it break he says that which is born of flesh is flesh what does this really mean we are not here to make the flesh do a better job of being the flesh. That doesn't work. We are here to completely reborn and remake what the flesh is into spirit. (laughs) Let me think of another way to show you this. It's like, almost like, you take a fish, a goldfish that's in a bowl, you take it out, and you say, I'm gonna train this fish to breathe water. The truth is you can't do it. All you're gonna do is kill the fish. In order for that fish to be good out of water, he would need to be made over again. To have lungs that can breathe air. Otherwise you may as well put him back in. 
Same for us if we decided, you know, the record, the world, I looked this up, the world record for being in water is 21 minutes. 21 minutes for being underwater. But have a guess what? At the 22nd minute, he better be out. Come on, Peter. Come on, sir. You can train yourself to hold your breath yes, sir. Yes, for 22 minutes, but 21 minutes, but on 22, yes, you better be out of there. The flesh cannot be saved. It has to be reborn. You want to do this by effort and energy, and I hear you. I'm a good person. I believe you. But the flesh is going to fail because you're going to have to come up for air eventually. Come on, sir. Come on, so what is Jesus' plan if your flesh is so irredeemable? It's to make you born again. The, unless that goldfish has a remake over, he has to stay in the bowl. And unless you have a makeover, you have to stay on land. But if you were made over again, if you're reborn as something new, so he says that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Yes, Trust me when I say you have to be born again. Yes. The wound on you, the wound on me, yes. is in our spirit. Jesus. And he's saying, I'm going to make you reborn yes. so you don't bear the, the burden of that wound anymore. Yes. We need to be born again, saints. It says that which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is spirit. And I'm speaking to you right now, you have to be born again. You want to see the kingdom? You want to enter the kingdom? You've got to be born again. And he says, what did he say? Very, very, I say to you, except a man be born of what? And of what? He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He says, but this concept of going from flesh as a Pharisee, he's thinking, well, wait a minute. I've been following the law. That's been my whole thing. I've been following the law. Surely that, no. The Lord is saying, no. I'm a good person. I'm a great Pharisee. I'm a leader of these people. I've been following the rules. And the Lord has said in response to him, you're not going to see the kingdom even though you've tried to follow all those rules for 21 minutes. You've been doing well. But you have to, you're going to mess up eventually and have to come out on the 22nd minute. And he's saying to, the, to you, you've got to be born again to fix this. It's a fundamental flaw in the design. It's baked in. So the only way to fix it is to be born again. So Jesus goes on and says, marvel not that I say unto you, don't be surprised. You're born with flesh, and I'm saying you need spiritual re re rejuvenation. Yes, you absolutely need to be born into the spirit. Yes. <laughs> we have to keep thinking that we can somehow um, rehabilitate the flesh. And I'm here to tell you, he's gonna, make, gonna have to make you over. He's gonna have to make you reborn. You're thinking that, okay, I'm being out of prison. It's like almost like you're come out of prison, you become a model citizen and you're good. No, no, he has to remake you over for you to be able to even see the kingdom, let alone enter the kingdom. I'm coming down, give me a moment here. 
The, word, the wind bloweth where it listeth, wherever it wants. The wind will blow where it wants. And thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh and whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. The, the wind is blowing wherever it wants. The selection of God is whoever the Spirit wants it to be. You can't tell or figure out the plot of what came before or what's coming after. The Lord is selecting out people specifically and deliberately for his kingdom. I love this because if it was up to us, we would pick the good looking ones. We would pick the tall ones. We'd pick the thin ones. We'd pick the short, we'd pick whatever made us feel good. But the Lord is doing the selection. And it's got nothing to do with the criteria you're thinking about. And in fact, the truth is, the Lord gets more power when, or more honor and more glory, the worse the renovation is. I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the house before it was transformed. I'm like, wait a minute, you're gonna move into here? This is the car you're gonna fix up? <sighs> the car doesn't even have tires. What do you mean you're gonna fix this up? The engine's broke. What do you mean you're gonna fix? The, 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 the air condition doesn't even work. How are you gonna fix this? <laughs> but then when you see it at the end, you say, oh, oh, <laughs> that's glory. He gets the glory, he says, well, wait a minute. I would never have, I never had the imagination to pick this house. <laughs> I, I'd have avoided that like the plague. But when you've paid for, <laughs> but when you've paid for it, you start weighing up the cost and saying, it's worth it. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? He second how. How can these things be? He's, all he's got is, teach, is, is student mode now. He's got student mode unlocked. How can the, you're saying the spirit now is like the wind. How can these things be? The truth is, this is a little bit of a play on words here. The word for spirit is actually breath or wind. So he's saying the spirit, as in the spirit, like breath or wind, is just like the literal wind. It's going wherever it wants to go. And you're trying to figure out the how, the whys, and the wherefores. You're trying to say, well, why is it by water? How is it by water? How is it by the spirit? And the spirit's saying, I'm doing what I want over here. I'm going where I will over here. Why baptism by water? I have no idea. The spirit is doing what the spirit does. Uh, I'm going to have to come back to this. I have to come back to this one. Um, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? We've almost come full circle. He says, You came in as a master, and I'm grateful now you're as a teacher, you're as a student. Aren't you? A, didn't you come in here as a master? Didn't you come in here as a rabbi? Huh? <laughs> oh, you're a student now. I hear you. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 11, verily I say unto thee, we speak. <laughs> you notice how, how um, when Nicodemus came in, he says, we know. I was wondering about who the we is. That's, uh, it's amazing when we are wrong and don't know anything. It's we. When I know something, it's me. I know it. Oh, we, we, we made a mistake. 
We made a mistake. It was you. Just you. Yeah, we made a mistake. No, we didn't. You made the mistake. Yes, sir. Jesus is now using the royal we. We know. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I said unto thee, we speak that we, we do know. I'm telling you what I had received of the Father, what we had in the beginning. And if I tell you of heavenly things, because I'm originated in heaven, you're not going to understand it. But he says, I know, and no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. There was a specific incident in Exodus where the, the children of Israel were being um, poisoned by snakes. And they were coming up and the children of Israel were dying because of the, and becoming sick because of the snakes. And Moses, in response to that, put a snake um, on a, a, essentially a staff and held it up for the people to see. And anybody who looked up at the snake was saved, right? So this is what he's referring to. If you can see me, when I get lifted up, if you can see me, you'll be saved from what you're going through. You're trying to fix yourself and your own snake bites, and that is not the way it's going to happen. You're going to see me and know me. You're going to believe on me. That's how you're going to be saved. Let me go to Mark 16 real quick. Mark 16, 15 through 16. Somebody can get that for me really quick. 15, 16, 15 through 16. And yes, sir. he said unto them, yeah. Go ye into all the world. Go into all the world. And preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. To every creature. To everybody. Everybody you come across, preach this gospel. He that. He that believeth yes. and is baptized shall be saved. He that, that's the, that's the stuff right there. He that, read it one more time, I don't want to get. He that believeth yes. and is baptized <laughs> shall be saved. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Point blank, period. He that believeth and is baptized this is Jesus speaking. He's saying, shall be saved. You're going to be saved. I'm going to save you. I'm going to make it happen. But you've got to believe. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the, in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Let's keep going. Let's go back to, let's go back to uh, St. John. In the beginning. Excuse me. Let's go back to St. John 3, verse 14. He says, and the Son of Man, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting, eternal, have eternal life. You want to have salvation? I'm going to tell you right now, it's what about what you know. It's about what you believe. I don't care what you think you know about Jesus. If you don't believe he's the savior, yes. and if you don't believe on his word, you're not gonna be saved. <laughs> and what does he say? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Let's go back to St. John chapter one. 
Let's go to 11 and 13. He yes. came unto his own. Came unto his own. And his own received him not. His own didn't get it. But as many as received him. Whoever got it, me. Yes, sir, to them. I'm not Jewish by inheritance. Wish I was. I'm a Gentile from generation back, all the way back to Noah. Yes, sir. <laughs> Nothing about me is Jewish. Not one thing. Not one thing, but it doesn't matter. As many as received him. Yes. Gave he power to become the sons of God. I am a child of God. Yes, I am. Because he gave me power, not from what I know. Yes, sir. But from what I believe. Let's keep going. Even to them that believe on his name. Yes. Which were born not of blood. We've gone back to this reborn business. So I've only been born of blood. That's how that's what my birth certificate says. On April 25th, 1975. My mom tells me it was sometime in the afternoon. Because she was shopping and it was an inconvenience to her. An absolute inconvenience. She says she was shopping and I came too early. That's what she told me. <laughs> Right? But I was born just the one time. But this is saying, what does this say? Which were born not of blood. Not of blood. This wasn't that birth that I'm talking about in the beginning. Yes. I'm talking about something else. Go keep going. Nor the will of the flesh. So these children of God are not born because of blood or because of the will of the flesh, but something else is going on. Nor the will of man. Nor the will of man. But of God. Yes, but of God, yes, the Spirit goes where it wants, yes, gets who it wants. Yes, yes. This wasn't about my dad. Yes, this wasn't about Apostle Downing. Yes, this wasn't about Missionary Downing. Yes, this was about the will of God. You think you're here because your parents? Nope. Yes, Nothing to do with it. Yes, the will of God was for you to be here. Yes, the Spirit was going wherever it wanted. Yes, sir. It was coincidental that you were part of your family's church. It was coincidental. He was after you from the beginning. The spirit was going wherever the spirit wanted. Read that last verse again one more time. Which were born of God. Which were born. Which were born, but not of blood. Not of blood. Nor the will of the flesh. Nor the will of the flesh. Nor the will of man. But of God. But the will of God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are being born again. The scripture is telling us right here. Uh -huh. It wasn't about your fleshly birth that, that makes you, you, you saved. It was about this new birth. Yes. New birth. Yes, sir. It's about this new way of being. Yes. It's about being born spiritually. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to come down right there. Lord, amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord, saints. Praise the Lord, saints. I'm realizing I'm going to have to come back at this one. Amen. We are going to be born again. This is a church of apostolic church. Amen.